0: Hey, you're listening to Empty Nest Empires, episode number 12, and I have a special treat for you today. We're going to be talking about legacy, and there's a really interesting twist to that. Stay tuned for more. Okay, your nest is empty, or it will be within a few years. So now what? Whether you know it or not, we are building empires. Empires of faith, family, fun, fitness, and of course, finance. And those empires are the legacy we leave for our loved ones. I'm Tammy Romani, an empty nester mom, grandma, and entrepreneur with a vision for ever greater things in the years ahead. It's never too late, and there is no limit to what we can do. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get to building. So last weekend, I had the opportunity to go to my friend Malia Brock's house for kind of a, a book signing, a launch party, uh, a reading, if you will, of her new book that has been released for this Christmas season called The Green Velvet Christmas Dress. And I decided right then that we needed to do an interview this week. So I asked her if she would do that, if I could come to her home with my microphone and my laptop, and if we could do a Facebook Live where we then use the audio for this podcast. And to my delight, she said yes. So before I share that interview with you, I want to read just a few sentences that are found on the inside of the front book cover, and it gives a real good indication for you of the heart behind this book. What if our life's legacy was narrowed down to a piece of cloth with a few embroidered lines left behind for others to find? What would you read about my story? And what would I read about yours? The Green Velvet Christmas Dress is the story of a handmade dress that passes through the lives and hands of more than six different women, each living her story generations from one another. Woven into this storytelling is the appealing hope of Christmas that welcomes all of us to anticipate, reflect, and remember. Step inside to find your place in the story of the green velvet Christmas dress. We will get into more details about how I know Malia, how we met, and the years that we've known each other. But I'm just going to read a little bit of an intro from the back cover of her book now. For more than 30 years, Malia J. Brock has been writing and telling stories for the child inside of all of us under the banner of Right Side Up Stories, for upside-down people. She's written and produced numerous books, audios, and plays, and has been featured in magazines and on radio. The success of the play, The Green Velvet Christmas Dress, spurred Malia to write the book. Her hope is to never stray far from reading aloud, the oral voice that she's known for as a storyteller. There's something wonderful that happens when we read to one another, Anything can happen in those short moments of the telling of a story together. Anything. I invite you now to eavesdrop on our conversation. Picture it, if you will. Malia and I are sitting with our cup of tea, and uh, we are at her kitchen table. The green velvet Christmas dress and a lovely quilt is behind us. And I will say that if you want to see the visual of those two items, go check out my Facebook page, Tammy Romani. And there is a live broadcast of this very interview there. But I hope you enjoy our conversation. And I hope you will buy the green velvet Christmas dress. My guest today is Malia J. Brock. Mm -hmm. And Malia is an author Mm -hmm. and a brilliant storyteller. She's a playwright. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's just a wonderful artist And and woman and a woman and a mom and a mom and wife. yes mm-hmm. all those things sister yeah yes and we're here in her beautiful home because I wanted to show you the props behind us. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to have to go to Facebook and watch the replay of this to actually see what we're talking about the couple of times that we talk about it. But we're here today specifically because it's the holiday season Mm -hmm. and we're talking about her newest book that was just released called The Green Velvet Christmas Dress. I'm so excited. I was here in her home the other night for a reading and just, you know, just kind of a Celebration, book I would call it. Book signing and celebration. The A tea. Yeah, yes. yes. and tea. You have to drink tea when you That's read right. a book that begins in the 1880s. <laughs> um, and so I'm just here to, to talk about this book, how wonderful it is. You can go to RightSideUpStories.com and get more information about the book <laughs> and uh, and order it from there. But Malia, first of all, let's talk about how we met. Okay. Yes. Do, I don't even know the first time we met, but either. Malia used to do story times at the church we attended when my kids were little and it was a big deal. Like there was music, there was, there was, it was, sets. there were sets it, and, and she guess. would, yeah, she guess. literally <laughs> would open a book mm-hmm. of her own stories mm-hmm. and sometimes of other stories mm-hmm. and read them to us. Mm-hmm. And I used to read to my kids every night. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons I um, started auditioning for audiobooks is because when I was when my kids were little. You're already doing those. <laughs> I, I used to create characters and they actually applauded one time wow. when I when I reached the last page now and closed story. It, they both went i'll tell you that's a moment as a mom you never forget and so then when i got back into this whole world of voice acting and i was like oh i have to do i have to do books and so i love reading books and i love reading um but this story in particular i want to go back to how we met the funny thing is is one book that i remember that i used to read to my kids was a sweet little book called chrysanthemum yes do you remember that yes i do and they said mommy Marilyn you Farley. need to give this book to Malia. <laughs> and I did. And I think you actually put it in yes, one of your
1: shows. Marilyn Farley, she became Chrysanthemum when I was the storyteller. <laughs> okay. And she willed it. She kept willed she willed it. <laughs> she kept It's a darling it. children's yeah. book. Great.
0: I have Sorry. to, I have to find that for my grandson. Excellent. He will just Excellent. love it. But yeah. my kids love that book. And so mm-hmm. we go way back. Mm-hmm. Now our kids are grown-up adults. Yeah. We are mm-hmm. empty nesters mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Um and Malia is still doing her craft. Mm -hmm. So Malia, I want to, I want to first read the very first page where you, I don't know if you can see that on there, you write to the reader Mm -hmm. and you, instead of saying dear reader, Mm -hmm. you say dear living story. Mm -hmm. Okay. That got me right away. Why do you call your reader a living story? Because we are alive
1: because We are a story living every day. Some of us very on purpose, some of us not so on purpose, (laughs) hurried, you know, taking our time. We're all living stories and people are reading us all the time. They're watching and observing Mm -hmm. and taking in who we are. We're having an impact whether we choose to believe that or not every single day. So we are a living story and we have a lot to tell a lot to expose people to simply by just living it out loud and on purpose more so that's my big thing is living it out loud and on purpose as Mm. much as possible
0: okay I like that Um, phrase out loud and on purpose Mm -hmm. Um, but this book was born out of a play that you wrote now can you tell us about how 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 was the origin of this book That first was a play
1: um, I have to back into a family story my sister Melanie who lives in Indiana her husband Ken suddenly uh, became very ill in the night was taken Mm -hmm. to the hospital Um, there there was a touch and go kind of reality of will he live will he pass and we came to Melanie's side and her eight children to be with them during this terrible terrible time and and then it came to the part in the story where Ken There was no brain activity and Ken was going to pass. And so she had to make this awesome decision of when will he go? And, and she felt like Easter Sunday was the time for Ken to go home. And so it was Easter Sunday. And then my husband and my daughter and my son and I who were there with them had the privilege. And I say privilege of walking through the grief of a family and the loss Mm -hmm. of a father and a husband. And. It exposed me to grief in a way I'd never been exposed to grief before. And it made a difference in the way I looked at life tremendously. Mm -hmm. And then as the time went by with my sister and her grieving process, um, I don't know why, but I wanted to write a story that would have something that would pass through time, that would have a legacy attached to it. And the idea of a dress walking through time, passing through time somehow came to my mind. And then... My sister's daughter, my niece, Julie came to stay with us for a short period of time during a, the summer following her father's passing. And she stayed with us while she took a class at the US Center for World Missions. And um we um got very close during that time. I hope Julie feels that way too. <laughs> you never know, <laughs>
0: college kids, right? We're taking care of a college
1: kid and you know, just learning about what she's learning about. And she was still in her grieving process, of course, of her mm. father. And I remember Julie would sing her heart out. She plays beautifully, sings beautifully. And I would just hear her just mm. singing her soul out, singing her heart out. And I'd written the short story of what was going to become a play. And I said, Julie, can I read you a story that I'm calling The Green Velvet Christmas Dress? And I had her come into my little studio and listen to me tell the story. And she bawled, I bawled, And I said, what do you think? Should I write the play? And she said, yes, write the play. Oh.
0: So it started as a short story. It started story. as a short story, which is
1: kind of where I would go maybe with a play is start with a story because
0: mm-hmm. that's kind mm-hmm. of my
1: form yeah. and then move into a play. And so that's how this came to be. It was done in 2011 and 2012 and very well received. I did a Pasadena community church in Pasadena. Very well received. And then came the, the part of writing actually the book, which followed the following year in 2013. Did you
0: know that this would also become a book?
1: No, I did not. I was okay. compelled by two of, two of my high school students. There were high school theater students that I had. They were now in the play. They were part of my group called ReStory Theater. And they, they said, you've got to write the story I said, the story. Yeah. The story of this book. Yeah. This, yeah. this book needs to be written. About the green velvet Christmas Go dress. deeper, in other yeah. words. Yeah. yeah, go all the way back in time to
0: where it all started and then mm. go forward. Um, and you did. Yeah, you yeah, started yeah. with a bolt of green velvet. Yes. Yeah. And not even the dress. Nope. Whereas the
1: play started with the dress. Yes, the play starts with the dress. Yeah. Her finishing the dress, putting the final touches, waiting for her sister to come mm. visit her. Yeah. Actually, her sister oh, that was a beautiful part of
0: the book. Yeah. Okay, so... I read this whole book last night and last, (laughs) you know, research. I just got it. When was I here? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Well, I probably could have started it sooner, but I read it last night knowing we were doing this today. Um, You actually have told people to savor it. True. So I don't recommend doing it all in one sitting, just so you know. I did it because I needed to know the whole story before we met today but i was still so moved throughout the whole book and malia i remember you saying on saturday that this is a book to be savored and shared mm-hmm. so you are an out loud reader mm-hmm. storyteller mm-hmm. you like it when people get together even in groups of two or three and mm-hmm. read it to each other yes. and why is that
1: because i think me hearing your voice tell the story Echoes back into my own story mm-hmm. and I'm listening and understanding and it's being weighed against my story and my own living out mm-hmm. what's being heard. And there's something very organic or real about that. Even if we just tell a story from our own lives to each other, mm-hmm. there's something, it also harkens back to I think that childlike reading group we were all in as little guys learning to read that we all learn to read and then reading out loud has a very, you know, nostalgic kind of reality and mm. not enough. Sorry, parents, not enough parents read to their kids that kind of stop once they're readers. Mm. And my whole thing is don't stop reading to kids. Don't stop reading to them when they get really big because they don't really mind.
0: I've no, heard many true.
1: teenagers say in college, student, I don't mind. In fact, it actually calms me down, calms down my anxiety if I'm read to. which i think well you know
0: that would explain the huge popularity and rise in audiobooks lately Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. i mean everyone you know we think it's because people are busy and they want to just listen in their car which yes that's a thing if you have a commute what better than to be read to Mm -hmm. on your way to wherever you need to go that Mm -hmm. day but i also think there is something about the human voice Mm -hmm. that is such a connection Mm Mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of what my business is built on is, is helping people have that voice Mm -hmm. that people connect with instead of turn away from. Right. And, uh, and And
1: it's warm. It's
0: inviting. It's like, I know this person by the time we're into so many chapters in
1: audio book, I've come to know the quality of their voice. I
0: love that. I love that. So I don't want to give away too much in the book because it was so valuable to me last night as i sat with my christmas tree lights next to huh. me and my little reading light my husband was like it's kind of dark in that corner And i was like i have a little light you know i have, I have one of those little stick lights yeah. that and um and i was just, it was just so cozy and wonderful and i don't want to give away the story mm-hmm. but i do want to talk about why is this a christmas story well, I mean, it could be a year-round right. story but yeah. it is especially poignant right, right now right um The story
1: begins near Christmas in Emma's life with this bolt of green velvet fabric that she's purchased. Mm -hmm. And she goes home and finds her, I'm I'm sorry, I'm telling some of the story. So forgive me, those (laughs) who are going to get it, um, purchase it. She goes home and finds out her two children are homesick from school and they have contracted, I think that's the word what is what we'd call the fever um, that kind of went through the United States. There were other forms of it. And so this has happened to her two children and they are very sick and very ill. And then we move forward into the passing of her two children. And I'm going to tell you this in her husband. So in the first like two chapters, well, you kind of gave (laughs) away a lot right there. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of take, yes but i want just a little warning there because we need to hear especially if you're going to have children just like here yes yes, read this you got to be ready mom and dad it kind of
0: starts with a big discussion grandma grandpa
1: uncle you got to be ready for
0: why did they have to die yeah this is
1: a very important
0: but it wasn't it there was hope woven into it and i want to hear um you know you already told us that your sister lost her husband and And I believe you said on Saturday that that's where this all came from but then after you wrote that part of the book Mm -hmm. you shelved it for a while yes because you had to spend time Mm -hmm. with that family and as an artist and as a writer I think Mm -hmm. a lot of artists out there and writers can relate to that Mm -hmm. that when you're telling a story you get so involved Mm -hmm. that you've just written about this family but you've also written hope into it. Mm -hmm. So I do want to tell you that don't avoid this book Mm -hmm. because of what she just let you know about. Mm -hmm. There's so much hope, even in that part of the story. I mean, beautiful hope of, of restoration Mm -hmm. and healing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and, and neighbor neighbors, Mm -hmm. the the part that we play in each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've really, throughout star. the whole thing, there's partnerships mm-hmm. and neighbors, mm-hmm. every story. Mm-hmm. So this is the first dress behind us. Now, if you're listening again, if you're, if you're on the podcast mm-hmm. later, you need to go to Facebook and mm-hmm. catch a picture of this. I'm going to move my chair a little bit. Am I because... in the no, okay. no. I'm just going to go. So everyone can see that it's, it's a full, full length, length dress. dress. It's very similar to what's on the cover of the it book. It actually is the dress it, on okay. the cover. This is the ac- this, this hat, is the dress you envisioned this is the actor
1: actually oh okay um, who played the part so of emma you can see so there that's
0: that is action. what the dress looks like uh, permission to use her, her her picture and this is the dress that was this used the in the play the, the, the costume play. correct okay in the hat. it's so amazing, the hat. Mm-hmm. so amazing that you have that so amazing that you have that um so Let's talk about your story then mm-hmm. woven into it. Mm-hmm. While you shelved that, mm-hmm. you didn't know the other characters. You didn't know where the dress was going from there. Mm-hmm. To a degree, I knew the
1: story because the play told me the direction I would be heading. Okay. But um I I was so undone by their passing, by Emma mm-hmm. and her husband, yeah. her husband's passing and her two children, that I got stuck in grief because I, I was missing them too. Wow. And it's a strange thing when a story catches you and holds as you as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of put it away and I like, I, I can't even begin to move forward yet, but I would return to it because writers do that. They return to a story to see, yeah. is it time to start again? Is it time now? And I would write a few paragraphs, but I'm, I'm not a writer who pushes a story because I find there's a false kind of feel to the storytelling if I push mm. it. So I avoid that as a writer. Um, but I, then my own story changed. Yeah, tell of us that. about that. I I had a stroke in 2015. I didn't know I'd had a stroke, but my my right side of my body, my leg, my hip, all the way down to my toe, my my toes on my right, I just stepped out of frame. <laughs> um, <it> went numb, <laughs> and and I didn't know what was going on, and. Mm. And uh, nobody could tell me, no chiropractor could give me a solution or an an answer. And finally, I went to the hospital and found out I'd had a stroke, but it wasn't until I was in an MRI that they could figure out it was a stroke this woman had. And then a couple of days later, my um, neurologist said, I don't think you're going to walk again, which i refused to believe. I think he thought I was a little nuts uh, that I was refusing to believe his diagnosis for it was awfully soon yeah. for him to yeah. say that. Well, I think doctors go on what they're seeing and what they have mm. found and whatever he Worst had found, case. whatever he yeah. had been testing my leg to see, is there any, anything this woman's feeling was showing nothing, no mm. movement whatsoever was coming. Yeah. So I, I did not believe that. I believed God was going to heal me. And, um, I was evaluated for rehab therapy and I was able to sit on the side of the bed and stand with help, a gatefold belt around me. And I was able then to move into rehab therapy. And the second day, the first day of rehab therapy, I had a second stroke. And so oh, no. I was I was back to critical care again.
0: Oh my. I
1: know. Kind of stunning. I don't think I knew that. Wow. <laughs> and so and and then I was taken back into rehab and started again and learned to walk. And actually my occupational therapist who ends up her name ends up being in um the story of Marla Bradshaw, one of the characters, Mm -hmm. amazing physical therapist and occupational therapist taught me how to live again and how to walk.
0: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was a miracle. I kind of saw that woven into your book as well, that experience. Yeah. So, so that believe in you, help you move forward in
1: things. And that was what compelled me to move forward in writing the rest of the story Mm -hmm. was two of my high school students who said, Mrs. Brock, because I wasn't Mrs. Brock, to them anymore. I was Malia. <laughs> when are you going to finish this story that you started? When are you going to finish writing the Green Velvet Christmas?
0: Christmas? Okay, so you're in recovery mm-hmm. from two strokes. Mm-hmm. Are you writing then? Are you no, seeing it? I, it you... wasn't until
1: I was home and actually learning to fully walk. Okay. I came home in a wheelchair um, with a walker and had to then have another therapist come and teach me how to walk. Pushing that walker more actively and then using a cane four-pronged cane, then a single tip cane. And she mm. was relentless. She was one of those physical therapists that was relentless. You will walk before I finish with you, Malia. Yeah. And yeah. I did. Well, that's what you need. And I did. Yeah. Yeah. She's excellent. Wow. But those students were the ones who came and said, "Have dinner and said, where is the rest of the green velvet Christmas dress?
0: So this was shelved while you're <laughs> yeah. going through all this, yeah. of course, because you had to focus yeah. on that. Yeah. And then you started up again, you mm-hmm. got it out, but, mm-hmm. but I love the story about how you had help finishing it. Mm -hmm. Would you tell us about that? Um, Is that with the dinner? Yeah, Yeah. the dinner.
1: So these two students, um, or rather students, Val and Vicky, would come every three or four weeks and I would be writing the next part of the story and we would sit and have dinner and I would tell the next portion to them and we would laugh and cry. Some of it was very... Um, touching and we would eat dessert and eat good food and we would just enjoy each other. And I would tell the rest of the story, the next part of the story. And we got all the way to the end of the book and it was okay. Now publish it. <laughs> now get this published. So, wow. Yeah. So they really pushed you students, and helped yeah. you. Yeah. That's those amazing. two wonderful, incredible women.
0: So I think for me, a big theme was woven through this. Uh, there's a couple of things really. Um, one is that an inanimate object can actually be part of your legacy Mm -hmm. which i found so interesting Um, and honestly you could replace the green velvet dress with a toy your grandfather created Mm -hmm. a wooden train or a truck or something he made or the tradition of baking cookies with your grandchildren
1: a favorite recipe.
0: Um, you know, a, fav- a favorite family recipe mm-hmm. passed, down, mm-hmm. passed down, passed down, passed mm-hmm. down. In my husband's family, it is ravioli making for, for Christmas Eve, oh, which we are really? all going to get together oh. about 10 days before Christmas Eve and do together oh, and fun. learn the recipe and, you know, learn how to do that's it. Great. And I think we don't realize in the small things that we mm-hmm. plan for our families that we are creating a legacy. Right. And none of these characters, when they refashioned the dress, the Mm -hmm. green velvet, into Mm -hmm. a new style that was appropriate Mm -hmm. for their time period, Mm -hmm. none of them knew that that dress was going to touch another soul. Mm -hmm. And yet it did. They saved the lining, though.
1: They saved the lining, which had words that had been embroidered into every piece that's refashioned. There's embroidery that follows to the next Mm -hmm. article of clothing, and so this keeps getting passed and yes and our words are a legacy too uh, we don't often oh, yeah. think about it there are things that are said by you tammy or by me that oh that's so tammy that's so malia mm-hmm. but you just
0: said sounds like them that are yes. really part of our our legacy too yeah that our words follow so us. the very first one is mm-hmm. emma yes 1880 mm-hmm. your first character mm-hmm. and what she embroidered in the lining of the dress is uh, worn on the day that's to be worn on to be worn sorrow is no more is no more yeah yeah because of her great loss right. and you you didn't believe she was ever going to wear it again right she emma the character she does believe. not believe she'll be wearing that dress
1: but actually her sister-in-law her husband's sister is going to come visit her for christmas and she decides she's going to step into the goodness of the green velvet and wear the dress for her and just let her see it and then and then some wonderful things happen from
0: yeah, there. Yeah. And them, yeah. <laughs> don't tell the rest. Don't oh, tell no. the West. You right. really, you really need to read this. It yeah. is a heartwarming story. It's amazing. Um, your journey of writing this is so miraculous, really. I mean, it, it's like, you know, isn't it funny how when something like this comes to fruition mm-hmm. and you look back really at the genealogy of a miracle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. don't you?
1: Yes if you if you dare yourself where, to look yeah
0: at i i the talk about this in my life group and mm-hmm. and i'm also leading an online study right now where we talk about if you look back mm-hmm. even like an opportunity that you have mm-hmm. okay so i have this opportunity to speak on this stage well that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't met this person here right. at this event mm-hmm. and that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't reached out to them maybe yeah. on instagram mm-hmm. or something back mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Or if I hadn't been a student of theirs back five years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. and you really can trace Mm -hmm. events in your life back that way. And I really encourage people to do that because I think that if you were to write the publication of the Green Velvet Christmas dress and then underneath that, what had to happen Mm -hmm. before that, what happened Mm -hmm. right before that, what happened there, what happened where, even your stroke in there had to do with the
1: timing of all of this. And I actually do. In fact, my editor, Marsha Koppis, in working with me, she said, you know, Malia, there's another woman who was touched by the green velvet. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think I've written about all of them. She goes, actually, actually, uh, your last portion of the book where you give credits? You no, know, I think it's you. I think you're the woman, yes. the last woman to be touched by the green velvet. And of course, I started to oh, ball, Tammy, because when somebody tells you the truth mm-hmm. about who you are, mm-hmm. you're compelled to actually believe what they've told you or you know, wipe it off as oh yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. But it was the truth. I was hearing the truth. So that yeah. compelled me to go back and look at how I would end this book.
0: Yeah. yeah, because I like the the way the book is formatted, it's it's got the names. Mm-hmm. The first is Emma, mm-hmm. and then is the two young women who mm-hmm. are military Rachel wives, and Rachel and Vivian. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it you're reading about each of their stories Mm -hmm. and how the dress, how they came upon the dress, Mm -hmm. how the dress impacted Mm -hmm. them and how the lining especially Mm -hmm. and how they decided to add their own message to Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. at the end, there's such a beautiful section where Malia gives you space Mm -hmm. to write your legacy. If you had a dress or a piece of fabric to write your statement, Mm -hmm. just one sentence, what would you write? Mm -hmm. And then it's so beautiful that you left space for this book to be passed along and more statements to be written. And I love that a whole family could read this together and each person could pen their legacy statement, which is
1: so beautiful. I've encouraged one family in particular because I gave the book to actually my mentors, um, their children and I, made sure that one of the numbered and signed copies went to gary byers family Mm -hmm. my mentor of more than 30 years Mm -hmm. he passed went home to be with jesus and i wanted holly to be the first to receive the book but i i'm asking holly and peter and riley Mm -hmm. to write and their wives and husband to write and Peter, did I say Peter, um, to write yeah. down their legacy words mm-hmm. and the, in the, on this page and let the book keep moving to family to family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they'll finish the book in a certain amount of time, not overnight, yeah. like Tammy. <laughs> and then, Don't do that. then we get to learn from each other. What is my yeah. legacy mm-hmm. on this day?
0: What is my legacy? Mm. Yeah. That's such a beautiful, beautiful idea. I hope that this speaks to people who don't feel like they are a seamstress, or, you know, I think they will especially be moved by mm-hmm. it. But I also think that it's going to speak to anyone because it really makes you revisit mm-hmm. having, like you said, living out loud and on purpose mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and not keeping everything to ourselves. And what an impact you can have. And honestly, God gave me my word for next year is impact. And that's why this was probably so poignant to me because I really illustrated to me that you don't know the impact, right? None of those women knew the impact that that dress would have on the next person, Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm.
0: which, or on the family that had it during the time that they had it, which was, it was such a good reminder
1: Mm
0: -hmm. that we, Every day we make an impact Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we may never know. Mm -hmm. And we always want to know, right? We want to know like this thing I'm doing right now, I feel called to do this. Is it, but is it really going to make a difference? Right. That's not for you to decide. Mm -hmm. It will make a difference, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Even reading stories to your children. Huge impact. I heard my daughter tell someone the other day about me reading stories. And sweet. how important that was to her, and how um, that that is just a memory that she has. And I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, mm-hmm. that is so sweet.
1: Well, you have a you grandson, know? right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And you're reading to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. love to read. We have a little granddaughter now too. Yeah. So books for Christmas, right? Books <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah. Easy one. Yeah, and they're you know it's mm-hmm. just it's um it's such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I would say that your voice doesn't matter because your voice is what your family knows. Yes. Your voice is precious to them. I still can hear my mother's voice Mm -hmm. and she's been Mm -hmm. gone 10 years this Christmas Mm -hmm. and your voice is precious. So tell the stories. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what people are remembering most of all, even if it's just a baby. well, I just have a baby. What do I do? just hold that baby in the crook of your arm and read to them. Mm-hmm. Not maybe the green velvet Christmas dress, but just <laughs> it could be anything. It could be the newspaper. It could be just yeah. your wonderful, warm living room voice, as I call it, is one that's going to be remembered by them. Mm-hmm. And it it nourishes that little life. It nourishes mm-hmm. that little life. Yes. And then when they get older, of course, it nourishes them more. Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Read to your husband. Read to the seniors. Have seniors read to you they would love that and you would love it too and then mm. let them just tell you some of their stories because there isn't a better story than the story mm-hmm. out of a senior
0: you know it's funny i I've been doing that lately I was um, just I, I had an event down in Long Beach and I just thought oh I'm, if I'm this close to the ocean I'm gonna go gaze at it so I was near Belmont Shore there's no not really any waves there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bay. You can look across the harbor. And I walked out on the pier and there was a gentleman there. And his, his only job was to paint every day, paint over the graffiti. Okay. Wow. I'm nice. But I started chatting with him. Oh yeah. He said, this is my office. I've worked <laughs> here for 30 years wow. and he was just lovely. And so I chatted with him and, and he was a believer and, and we just had the best conversation about just the impact that he can have speaking with one-on-one with people Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. in his daily you know going about Mm -hmm. i want to hear people's stories me too just yesterday i walked by a house i put it on my instagram because it made me laugh i've I've walked by this house all the time i've never noticed this before there were right by the front door two little statues of pigs Hmm. so two little pigs with wings oh you know when pigs fly. fly Well, that that traditionally means a very negative thing. Like right. that'll happen when pigs yeah, fly. Yeah, right. And so the little dog came out to, to see my big dog and um, the gate was open and the man came out and he was um, originally from China. And I asked him, me, because nosy that I am, I see those pigs there by your front door. What right. do they mean? Right. And he said, oh, nothing. I think they're just decorations. And I said, well, you know, we have a saying, and he'd never heard this saying. Really? So we have this saying that when pigs fly, you know, when something when something happens when pigs fly, that means it's an impossibility. And I said, but maybe having those there means you're expecting the impossible to happen, right. that you have great hope. Mm-hmm. And I kind of flipped it. Mm-hmm. And he just lit up and said, yes. <laughs>
1: new meaning to those poor guy.
0: he's not gonna be able to walk out his front door without looking at those pigs a different way but i just thought that was a god moment Mm -hmm. because i wouldn't have thought of that either but i just i love little stories like that Mm -hmm. and i will say that when people say to me i don't have a story to tell
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because i or it's not dramatic enough i've just lived my life and i do this and i say you have thousands of stories Mm -hmm. like that one i just Mm -hmm. told and so wouldn't a, you say that about yes, storytelling? One
1: of the things I sign when I sign everybody's book, I'm signing it the same way. It says your story has always mattered to God. Yes. So I just feel like people need to know my story's always mattered and it's always mattered to God, mm-hmm. who is the storyteller of, let's say, all of what's happening here. Yeah. That's yeah. my belief is that yeah. he is the storyteller, the writer, mm-hmm. the author and finisher of my faith,
0: Tammy's faith.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So get the book. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, I, I hope you, that Tammy. as you, as you watch this in the replay, let us know that you're here and we'll keep revisiting. Hopefully and we built an Malia empire can... today, right? Yes. Empire builders, empires <laughs> of faith and legacy, yes. even as small as a dress name. Yes, so yes. such a beautiful yes. story. Thank, Thank you, you, Malia. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and for eavesdropping on our little kitchen table conversation. I hope that you found this interview to be interesting and compelling and, you know, enough to make you want to go to Malia's website, RightSideUpStories.com, and purchase a book or two. Give it to a friend. Give it to a family member. I bought one for my sister. (laughs) and I think she will really really love it so I hope that you will go to her website check it out even if it's past Christmas buy it anyway this really is a timeless story that can be read year round it's a beautiful story and then you know what I would like from you I would love to hear from you what your legacy statement was that you wrote in the back of the book. So would you reach out to me on my social media? I'm Tammy Romani on every platform. Would you send me a DM and let me know that you heard this episode and that you have decided that you have a legacy statement. Uh, that's what we're all about here on Empty Nest Empires. I think it's so important and this was such a good reminder today that Every little thing that we do that is remembered by future generations can touch their hearts in such a way that it carries on. The blessings carry on from generation to generation. May it always be so in your life and in your family. Thanks for joining me today. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.